What's going on family? Let's talk about something that's been buzzing in the tech world, AI safety and security. How do you feel about the rapid advancements in AI and the potential risk that it brings? Have you heard of the stories about AI being tricked? It's a real concern, but fear not because there's a real solution, AI Red Teaming. You see, AI Red Teaming is all about stress testing. You see, AI models and deployments to prevent unauthorized access and data leaks. It's about ensuring that your AI can't be tricked into providing information beyond its intended use. And guess what? You don't have to do it alone. My friends over at HackerOne has a community of over 750 active hackers specializing in AI security testing. You see, in a recent engagement, just 18 hackers identified over 100 valid findings in just two weeks. That's the power of ethical hackers. Wow. So if you want to ensure the safety and security of your AI deployments, look no further. Head over to HackerOne.com and explore their AI red teaming services. With strategic flexibility, rapid deployment, and a hybrid talent strategy, HackerOne has everyone, everything you need to safeguard your AI. Don't let AI keep you up at night. Visit HackerOne.com today and rest easy knowing that your AI is in safe hands. This is how you can live rent and mortgage free. Oh, I get anywhere for each suite, I get anywhere between 850 to about $1,000. That means you're getting about 3K a month. Just about. Just in renting. Exactly. And then that covers mortgage and your situation. Exactly, mortgage, utilities, and whatever, I guess, costs. But again, remem remembering the ADU is connected to the primary home. Right. Like everything is connected, the water, the sewer, all of that. So there are no separate utilities. It's all tied into the primary structure. Now, before we hop into today's show, be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Now let's jump into the video. So Precious, I, I got to ask this up front. Um, how much money have you made since you've been in the tiny home business? Around $35,000. 35 grand. 35 grand. Just from renting tiny homes. Just from renting tiny homes, yes. So let's, let's rewind. When did you get into the tiny home business? This was 2020 is when we started the build for the tiny house, also known as accessory dwelling unit, ADU, that's in the back of my primary property. Um, so that property I purchased in October of 2019. And I mean, I noticed they had a big yard that kind of came a little more apparent during the pandemic. And that's when I basically started the process of building a tiny house. We finished that early 2021 and it's been renting ever since up until the top of this year when I moved in myself. So wait, 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 you live in the tiny home now? I live in the tiny home now. And then you're renting out your primary home. Exactly. Okay. All right. And so an ADU is another word for tiny homes and that's accessory dwelling unit. Accessory dwelling unit. Exactly. That. That's if you go to the cities and you're wanting to do something similar in your backyard or on land that already has a primary structure, right. that is the term that you're going to want to use. ADU accessory dwelling. How much did that cost you like to build this ADU? Mm -hmm. So at the time when we first started I spent right around $36,000. All 
okay. $36,000 building it, and that was doing a specifically a shed conversion. So I converted a prefabricated shed into an accessory dwelling unit. But there are a number of different ways or structures that you can get started with doing it. Wow. So it costs you $36K, mm -hmm. and you're already at $35K? Exactly. Profit. Exactly. And, and so now anything more is, well, that's not profit. Mm -hmm. um, you got your money back. Exactly. Anything I got my money back. Mm -hmm. It's profit. Exactly. But you're living in it now. Mm -hmm. So you really won't make profit from that, mm -hmm. but it saves you money. Right now. Because you're renting out your primary unit. Exactly. So the primary unit basically um, pays for all of the mortgage, the utilities, and any type of expenses that I would have for the ADU as well. Wow. Because what I do is, um, rather than renting it as an entire, I guess, space, mm -hmm. I rent it suite by suite to graduate students in the area. And anybody familiar with Atlanta, you would typically know, like, there are a number of universities and colleges just right right within the perimeter. Precious, we want. How many bedrooms you got at your primary house? Three. Three bedrooms, two and a half we bathroom. Three renters inside of the house. Exactly. Primarily who are college kids. Exactly. They're in graduate school, so they're actually, Morehouse Medical is my sweet spot right now. Was you smart. Yeah. So you you're not party people. No, 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 no. I, I know better than that. <laughs> I know better than that. I know better than that. Wow. And so you're charging them for rent, but now, and I'm, and I'm guessing inside of their rent payment covers uh, a portion of the light, portion of the mm -hmm. board, and everything. Correct, exactly. So I get anywhere for each suite, I get anywhere between eight hundred and fifty to about a thousand dollars per per suite. Eight fifty to a thousand per suite. Mm -hmm. To one k. Now, if this is too much personal, no, nah, I don't want to put you out there. Like, mm -hmm. I was about to ask you something else. Mm -hmm. so that means you're getting about three k a month. Just about. Just in, in renting. Exactly. And then that covers mortgage and your situation. Exactly. Mortgage, utilities, and whatever, I guess, costs. But again, remem remembering the ADU is connected to the primary home. Right. Like, everything is connected. The water, the sewer, all of that. So there are no separate utilities. It's all tied into the primary structure. Yeah, you smart. Thank you. You running that game. Yeah. <laughs> and, and you smart because it's like you got college graduates mm -hmm. in your house so if anything was to go down, you're right there in the backyard. Yeah. So you can just jump in the back door like, hey, hey, calm down. Exactly. But I never have to do that because that's the piece that some people say is like, oh, well, I think it's a little weird, like the landlord living in the backyard. And it's like, number one, what are you planning on doing where it would be any problem for that? But number two, it's like really, again, we don't interact for the most part. Okay. Like there's a completely separate entrance, a separate trail on the other side of the home that yeah. I'll come into versus like the driveway and the front of the house where they're parking. So. We we really don't interact for the most part, but it is convenient because sometimes they'll lock themselves out of the room or something and they need me to. So it's convenient for them. Oh, you think I you, you come bother my people? You got to pay for my time for me to come let you. Be. Hello? You do. And so you have a lock on their doors? Exactly. Of course, because if you're renting it as separate suites, you have to have a lock on each of the suites, right? Yeah. Come on. Okay, Pri. Okay. Yes. I thought I was just getting a tiny home expert, but you you running a whole... Yeah, no, it, again, because as mentioned, like, before this as well, um, I've been in... I had been in the short-term rental space heavy, right, heavy. since 2018. Okay. And I've done it every single way that you could think about doing it. I've done it with my own apartment, right, and just re-renting that. I've done the rental arbitrage route. I've done corporate leasing. I've done the route of buying a house and putting it on Airbnb. I've done the route of building a structure, the ADU, the tiny house, and putting it on 
my Airbnb. Mm-hmm. And every single every single way I would say this is my favorite, number one, because it's a lower overhead, but number two is just a lot less back and forth. Like, I don't have to manage the cleaners. I don't have to worry about like, okay, pleasing new people every couple of days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If I just please these same people, it's like, I'll be solid. Yeah. And when my mindset switched over from like, okay, rather than renting it as the entire structure, let me do it as separate suites. Like it changed the game for me because as long, all you need to do is find the right, the right attitudes to come into play in the same space and you'll be good. And when did you purchase your first home? October, 2019. October 2019. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is the home that you're currently renting out. Though yes, the one that I'm currently renting. How out. old were you then? 23? 23. 23. 23. Mhm. Purchase your first home. Yes. And I should have did it earlier. How? So I mean 23 you're young. What was your income? What was your ballpark yearly income around that time? Mm-hmm. Um, at that time, I would say around eighty-five thousand dollars. What you doing at eighty-five thousand, making uh, you know? So <laughs> consulting, consulting. So I went to again. So I went to Indiana University, um, majored in business, of course. Got my undergraduate degree in marketing and technology management. Then I got my master's in information systems, and I went on to start um, pretty much working as a consulting or a consulting analyst at the time at one of the largest consulting firms. Um, around the world. Um, And that was honestly an amazing experience. Like when I was doing that, I'm able to travel, number one, which is what got me into the short-term rental space because I was never at my house. So I'm like, I might as well rent it out and not pay the rent, not pay the mortgage. Right. Um, And that's pretty much what like catapulted everything. So at the time I was making around $85,000 a year, um, saving a good chunk of that, honestly. And then on top of that, like I was able to cash in stocks because with a job like that, it's like you're getting stock options. It just made sense. Mm. What what would you say for for people who are just now learning about you? I mean, because mm-hmm. you've been in this business that's so young. You're 27 now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? No kids, not married, living in ATL. Mm-hmm. ATL. Um, Shade. Hey, you know what I'm saying? It is, it is what it is. Hey, fam, quick question, and we'll get right back to the show. Are you tired of worrying about your money? Are you tired of hidden fees and long waiting times for your paycheck? Look no further. You see, with my friends at Chime, the number one most loved online banking app, you can say goodbye to all that and say hello to stress-free finances. You know, with Chime, you get paid up to two days early. That means no more waiting around for your paycheck. No more worrying about unexpected fees like some of these other banks and no more credit checks or large security deposits chime is all about providing you with the financial freedom we all deserve don't take my word for it i want you to try chime out today and see for yourself why it's so loved by many of our friends visit anthonyoneal.com forward slash chime or click the link in today's show notes to get started and take control of your finances speaking of your finances let's get back to today's show that's helping you peace out Bought your first home at 22. Mm-hmm. You was making $85,000 a year mm-hmm. after you graduated from college. Mm-hmm. Who is Precious? Like, what, what, what just, who are you? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. What, what got you into success earlier on? Mm, okay. 
So for me, I always like to say like that hustle has always been there. So I am the oldest of five children. I am first generation everything, meaning I'm first gen to go off to college. I graduated high school in three years, immediately went to college. Once I was at college, got my master's, like I'm first to do all of that. Um, And my parents had me when they were kids, like kids for real. Um, so early on, it was kind of instilled in me like that hustle. And again, I always like to say like, I'm from the South side of Chicago. So I think it's just there seeing my environment and how I was growing up. I knew I didn't want it to be that. Like I didn't want my life to be that. So something needed to be different. Mm. And the piece that my parents really instilled in me was like education, like Mm -hmm. go off to school. So school was always my jam, like always did well. Again, graduated in three years, went on, finished my master's in one year. And it's like, okay, boom, what's next? Because I knew that was kind of going to be the thing that I guess unlocked the door for me. Um, But it's it's always been there. For me, I would say the primary driver for it was my mother, mm-hmm. my dad as well. My dad's a hard worker, but my mother, um, she's always been like a hustler. Yeah. And I've never, um, I have never seen her work a job. Like to this day, she is a cosmetologist. She has her own salon out in the Chicagoland area, um, has stylists in there and all of that. So that entrepreneurship was already there. And early on, she instilled that same thing within us. Like I never had a job in high school. Like I would do hair in middle school. I did sew-ins, I did braids. Um, I would sell snacks in high school. When I was in college, I would like get discounted items like Uggs and Ralph Lauren and all of that, and then I would sell it on campus. Like, these were the things that I was doing and just the difference in how she taught us to think rather than really exchanging your time for money. It's like, okay, what kind of, for lack of better terms, what play can I come up with that's going to get me this money when I need it right now? Wow. So, mama, Mm -hmm. grind. You know, so funny is... I'm opposite, right? I saw my mom work like three jobs. Mm, okay. Right? Mm-hmm. And my mom, my biological mom is probably the hardest working person. Mm-hmm. Not woman. Yeah. Person. I Period. Know, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Um, and watching my mom do what she had to do for us made me be like, hey, I want to be like my mom. Mm-hmm. I want to grind as a man to do what I got to do for my mm-hmm. family. But I want to be smarter than my mom. Yeah. And not have to work three jobs. Exactly. To grind that hard. So yeah. I want to grind hard for my dreams mm-hmm. so that my wife doesn't have to do with my mom. Yes. Does, right? Yes. And so love our mothers. I, I think, especially our black mothers. This is why, and I'm gonna say this, this is off subject, but this is why some of y'all get so upset when I say this. This is why I can't marry a white woman. <laughs> It's just something about our black mother. It is. It's that, a different. It's a whole different vibe. Yeah. And I I, what I see in my mom's, what I see in your mom, and what I see, like, and maybe it's because I'm just not around it, mm-hmm. but I don't see that, and I'm going to get in trouble. It's a, it's a, I'm, but again, like, it's, it's something you can't even quite put your, like, like your finger or words on, but it's a different type of mm, mm. that you're able to get yeah. when you were raised by a, a hardworking black woman. Black woman. And that's why I want to be with a black woman. Yes. Come on now. Yes. Black woman. And she the only one that's going to get you. Oh! <laughs> come on, come on, give me some money. Give me some money. Oh, oh, Only one. I love my white sisters. I love all my other. Yes. I, I love y'all, you know? It's just something about... That black woman and watching, I have two mothers, a biological mom and a stepmother, and watching both of them, I was like, yo, that, if I could combine my mothers, mm-hmm. that's the, the the type of woman that I want. I love that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like, my mother's taught me what a wife 
and what a mother is. Mm-hmm. And and I want that. Yeah. Let's get off of that because we talk about that later. We're gonna talk, bros. I'm, I'm gonna ask her the questions. I'm gonna ask her the questions. I gotta ask you this question because a lot of people think that the tiny home space, which mm-hmm. is actually the correct word when it's in the back of your house, is yes. ADU. Correct. Exactly. Um, but for the sake of today's video, we're gonna call it tiny home. Exactly. A lot of people think that tiny homes are not a good investment. Mm-hmm. Why? Why do they say that? I don't know. I'm about to ask you that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I, mean, I can tell you too. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, I think a lot of people's like, uh, mm-hmm. like, does it, it? Are people gonna use it? Mm-hmm. One, two. Yeah. Um, are is it is it safe? Mm-hmm. You know, if a storm come through, you're in Atlanta, exactly. So like, if a storm come through, if if AC come through, like, is mm-hmm. it safe? Yeah. And so it's like they're like, oh, is it is it a good investment? Mm-hmm. Is it worth the investment? Mm-hmm. And then if you're saying yes, what's the best way someone can put an ADU to use? Best way to put an ADU to use? Yeah. Um, of course, renting it out, like yep. getting that cash flow in. But I say, it, number one, an ADU is absolutely a worthwhile investment. Yep. Number one, um, because when you do it right, it can absolutely increase your property value. Your tax is going to increase a little bit as well, but it can absolutely increase your property value um, and just, again, add extra livable space that you just did not have before. Number two, like I said, actually building a rental income and getting some cash flow in. That's always an option that I've now created for myself mm-hmm. in terms of being able to, whether I want to do it on short term long term I want to live there myself it's now become a housing option that I have Mm. and then number two it's like I think what's really important and this is something that I thought about with my family where I came from and again just in our community I'm able to house like my vulnerable family members family members that it's like you know you might be wanting something new you want to come down to Atlanta like you're just trying to restart I don't know like I have like I said I have four younger siblings they are they have expressed wanting to get out of Chicago and come down to the A it's nothing for me to go ahead and just let them get their bearings and stay there or even teach them the sense of responsibility and say hey pay me $300 a month but you have this whole studio right here I mean 300 Nah, they, 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 yeah, that's a little low. It's a little low. Yeah, it's a little low. You know what I'm saying? Do you, you, you a nice big sister. I am. Say my little brother come, he get the room. He charging me. I'm charging him a thousand. You know what I'm saying? He gonna run me that bag. Yeah. You come mm-hmm. on up here, bro. I love you, John. Come yeah. on up here. You know what I'm saying? But you gonna run me that bag. Three hundred. Yeah. I'm, I'm not gonna hold you. I am the nice big sister. But uh, but again, but it's like. I, I basically, like, I raised them. <laughs> mm. I basically raised them. So there's a gap between, like, there's me and then there's, like, a seven-and-a-half-year gap okay. between my siblings and then they're back-to-back. Because, oh, again, my parents oh, had me. Exactly. Yeah. So they waited. Okay. Um, Which but is yeah. probably smart for them after they had Absolutely. You. you know, get you, get settled, learn, and then boom. Are your parents still together? Um, in the process of No. Okay. In the process of that. no. I respect that. I respect yeah, that. of course. My biological parents are not together. They mm-hmm. never actually were together. They have me outside of wedlock. Okay. Um, okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. So, so you're saying that the investment is worth it? Yes, it I is. Mean, and clearly, if you built this thing a year and a half ago for thirty six thousand, mm-hmm. you've already made thirty five thousand of it, and you've already moved into it. When I'm, you moved in a couple of months ago. Exactly, two months ago. So at the top of 2023. So it's already profitable. Absolutely. It's, it's dead profit for like, you. Like, um, yes. And the thing is, as well as, like, with what I've been able to do... Again, all of the options that I've I've tapped into, I really feel like I've like I've gotten my money's worth. Mm-hmm. Like, being able to have somewhere to stay for me that, again, if you monetize that, I'm easily saving, like, $1,500 a month, at least. At least. 
So you can put a monetary value on that as well in terms of a sunk cost. Um, but even before then, like when I was able to rent it on a short term basis, getting anywhere between like 89 bucks to I believe like the highest I went was maybe 169, 179 a night. And you'd be surprised the people that are, again, looking because it's such a, a wave right now, people looking to experience yeah. what it's like. Yeah. Like that was always what it was it's like, oh, my God, this is so cute. Like I've been wanting to stay in one of these forever. Wow. And of course, like for many people, y'all might have heard of like the cabins, right? They're like a small getaway cabin yes. in the outskirts. Yes. They eat. I rented one before. They eat every single night. They're making at least one twenty nine a night. What? And it's smaller with less amenities. Like it's way more outdoorsy than what I have. Okay. So when you look at it like that, it's like no, there there's a whole lot of opportunity. And at this point, even when we position that with where our housing market is, and we're talking about how much in a deficit we are as a nation with the housing supply, leverage the existing land that we have. It's like the land is here. Let's make use of it. And then even furthermore, there are a lot of people who you just have structures in your backyard anyway, whether it's a shed or something mm -hmm. else that you're able to repurpose or even if it's a garage or a basement like those are considered accessory dwelling units, too. Mm -hmm. It's not just like a detached tiny house. That's just one type of ADU. Okay. You can have it attached. Okay. It can be on top of your garage. It can be in the basement in different cities, depending on how they're set up. That's usually how it would be. So like Chicago, it's usually like a second a second unit on top of one or it's the the basement that you're renting out, whereas in the South, you'll usually have a detached ADU because we have the space. So I'm saying this for the first time um, live on, on the show. Um, so I, I recently purchased some land. OK, congratulations. On the river. OK, nice. On the Potomac River. And I am building uh, my dream home. OK. And, you know, when you came in, we were talking earlier. Mm -hmm. I was like, wait a minute. Maybe I could build me an ADU. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And kick my parents out the house when they come. Yes. Because I don't want to be married. <laughs> With your parents. And me and my wife. Doing what y'all do. <laughs> Doing what y'all do. You know what Doing saying? what you do. And we got to be quiet because mom and daddy in the house. What married what, folks do. Right. <laughs> when I can say, hey, mom, dad, y'all. Y'all got, yeah. got the back house. Y'all got the tiny home. Y'all got the tiny home. So if that is something that people want to do and mm -hmm. people want to get into it, I do know you provide consulting mm -hmm. and, and direction. And we're going to drop her information, her YouTube channel, um, her uh, contact information. Mm -hmm. to where if you want to get some consulting from her, do it. You're going to pay for it. Of course. You know what I'm saying? Because she got this wisdom. She got this knowledge. She knows what she's talking about. And so, nah, this ain't no. Let me get a discount. Let me get 30 minutes of your time. Can I ask you a question? Pick your no. Uh No, no, no. You're going to cut a check. Because she, you, she, you're going to cut a check. Here's why. Because she is going to help you get the money. Okay? So when people are going to help you make money. You don't ask for a discount. Let me, let, let me you talk. invest in yourself. Because yeah, 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 yeah. it's not an expense. It's an investment. Let me talk to my black people real quick. You know, we, we, were, we were talking about this on the other show. And uh, y'all got to stop asking for discounts. Let me, let me tell you that. Stop. 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 Uh, my boy CJ is my right-hand man. When I uh, branched out on my own... Precious, I called him and said, hey, man, what's your feet? I ain't asked him, hey, we've been friends for 20 years. Mm -hmm. I ain't asked him for no discount. I said, what's your feet? He gave me his feet. Mm -hmm. He rode with me for about, I think, about six months. Then he hit me back. I never forget, was on the way to the airport. He's like, hey, man. <laughs> so I was like, what's up, bro? I was like, hey, man, that fee ain't working no more. <laughs> <laughs> he was 
was like, we need to go up on that fee, bro. Mm. It's more work. Mm -hmm. I was like, all right, what's your fee? He gave me his fee. I didn't ask him for no discount. Then I was like, hey, CJ, I need you to come work with me full time, bro. Mm -hmm. He was like, hey, man, that's going to cost you. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, and you pay what's it. your fee? What's the fee? He gave me his fee, and I gave him his fee to work mm -hmm. full time. And I think we in the black community, we don't know. we don't. I don't think we really understand that if I come to you, Precious, and say, hey, Precious, can you give me the wisdom, the playbook? Mm-hmm. Right? To go make forty thousand dollars, but I gave you nothing for your time. Exactly. That's not helping you at all. That's a selfish move on me. One hundred percent. According to recent stats, only about half of African Americans have some form of estate planning put into place. This includes important documents like your wills, your trust, and your power of attorneys. Additionally, only about sixty percent of all people have life insurance coverage. But why is it so important for not just Black people, but all of us, to have these things put into place? You see, life insurance insurance can provide financial protection for your loved ones in the event of your unexpected death. It can help cover funeral and burial expenses, uh, pay off debts, and even your mortgages. But here's what I really want you to consider. It can provide income for your loved ones to build wealth with. You see, estate planning, on the other hand, can help ensure that your assets are distributed according to your wishes after your death and that your loved ones are taken care of. If you truly love, and I mean this, if you truly, truly love your loved ones. Don't leave their financial security at chance. I want you to get life insurance today. You can get a free quote with my friends over at Ethos by visiting anthonyoneal.com forward slash life insurance or by clicking the link in today's show notes. Protect your family's future and give yourself peace of mind. Don't be in heaven and you're full of joy and your family is here on earth struggling and stressed. Get life insurance today with my friends over at Ethos. Hey, now let's get back to today's show. I know it's a good one. So I'm like, if 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 you're gonna help me, if I'm gonna help you, just pay them for their time. Mm -hmm. And it's really about the spiritual side of me. It's like it's all about sowing a seed. One hundred percent. Because if I sow into you and your business and help you flourish, mm -hmm. spiritually, I believe it'll come back to me. Yeah. I'm gonna rent out my tiny home. Yes. I'm I'm excel and I'm gonna win. And you gonna have all the knowledge that you need to, and they're more inclined to give you even more because you've paid a lot more. Exactly. And it's even better when you find a link for yourself. Come on. <laughs> Because it's always right there. It's yeah. always readily accessible. Facts. So let me ask you this question. Mm -hmm. I'm about to build my dream home. Okay. You got me thinking. You're saying it's 36000 Now mm -hmm. I know you don't know the laws in every single city. Mm -hmm. But let's just say I was in Atlanta. Okay. All right. And I do know that the laws have kind of shifted and changed in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. um, so I want to ask you about how are you maneuvering around that space. Mm -hmm. Atlanta is our actual, is our third largest market. So this is going to okay. benefit them there. Mm -hmm. Let's say I'm starting from scratch. Okay. What's the very first thing I need to do to look into building mm -hmm. a tiny home or ADU in my backyard? You're already a homeowner because you have a homeowner. Exactly. Yep. So, number one, you need to look up your zoning. Okay. You need to, I would say, search your city, whatever your city or your county is, and just search zoning map. Add it onto there. And for people who don't know what zoning means, what mm -hmm. does zoning mean? So, zoning is pretty much... Um, a label for your particular neighborhood or your particular parcel of land that's going to tell you exactly what you're able to do. Yeah. Your permitted uses, your permitted structures, what's a, like, the setback, meaning the space between the backyard and the structure and the front yard and all of that. They're going to tell you all of that information. And it's typically a pretty long document yes. that tells you everything that you need to know about what you can and cannot do as a homeowner. Because I think sometimes we get land and we think we can do whatever with it. Now you're talking. 
<laughs> I just bought this land, and they told me I can't cut. I can't cut down certain trees. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I was like, wait, if I own this land, you tell me I can't cut down mm-hmm. certain trees. And then they said, yeah, no, but it also benefits you mm-hmm. because now I don't have to pay certain taxes. Exactly. Or have my taxes be up because it's like now. If my trees is on this thing and I cannot touch them, mm-hmm. I don't have to pay taxes for that area. Exactly. And so my tax liability comes down. Mm-hmm. So it's important to know your zoning. Yes. Because one, you get you get to know your laws. But mm-hmm. then two, it saves you on taxes. It's, it saves you on taxes. And then on the back end as well, if you ever become somebody which... Whether you should or you shouldn't is up to you. But if you want to sell your home on the back end, it only helps. Because if now you're trying to sell a home that you've done um, permitted work or it's not necessarily zoned for the work that you just went ahead and did, you're not going to be able to get the most that you can. You'll be lucky if you are, you're able to even get it off your hand. You know, you, ooh, she's she teaching good. This is why y'all going to pay her because y'all getting this for free. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But all the other information, y'all going to have to cut that check. You feel me? Because... I wish somebody would have told me that. Mm-hmm. I moved, um, I built a built a beautiful home in Columbia, Tennessee. And I said, you know what? I was young, single, thriving. I said, let me get into the city because I was tired of being, you know, um, out in the country with mm-hmm. this big old home. And I wasn't near where, where, where the single people were. So I said, you know, let me sell this mm-hmm. go into the city. When I went to the city, I bought this three-story townhome with a rooftop mm-hmm. uh, balcony, right, on the top of the roof. Beautiful. I'm talking about from my spot, you can see the entire city. Amazing. I was like, bet. Yeah. I'm going to Airbnb it out. Yeah. Right? I Airbnb'd it out one mm-hmm. time. One time, I got a notification mm. from the city, a fine. Damn. Because my my spot was a, uh, was, a t- was an attached unit. Mm-hmm. And so because it was an attached unit, the only way I can Airbnb it, per the zoning... Was letting the neighbors know? No. I had to own both. Oh, wow. To live in this one and Airbnb yep. the other side. Mm-hmm. So I got, I rented it out one time. Yeah, and that was it. During my Christmas break, break right? Mm-hmm. Then I got that fine. And I was like, no. Nah. I was like, wait, <laughs> yeah, you're not zoned for this. Mm-hmm. You cannot do this. You yeah. have to own the entire unit. Mm-hmm. But I wish somebody would have told me, look yes. into zoning before you purchase. Before you purchase, like, b- before you do any type of project, before you purchase, like, look into zoning, go to your local city town halls Mm. because they're telling you the types of, I guess, structures, the types of projects that they're looking for for the city to fit their needs, right? So you are going to know what you can do, what you can get involved in and start actually building the connections to make it happen. They have, like, these zoning meetings, they're public. You can literally just go whenever you want to. And at that point, you're able to start building the connections you need. And as mentioned, that's going to make so many other things easier down the line because the one thing that I do want to say as well, because I know that your audience, it, it is primarily black. Yep. We need to start um, having far more of a stake within the community around us mm. and understanding that even if you are just a homeowner, mm-hmm. you have a stake in everything that is going on around you, the development that is happening, and you need to have a voice, right? You need to get involved. We don't necessarily get involved, so then what happens is the zoning meetings that are happening, it's primarily our counterparts that are there, that are older, that they might have the time to go to a zoning meeting or a city hall meeting at 2 p.m on a Tuesday afternoon. But now they're the primary ones whose voices are being heard and they're driving the development that's happening around you within your community. When really, if you just show up, even if and whether you can join some type of neighborhood committee, you're able to, again, like let your voice be heard from a different perspective. Because if I'm being totally honest with you, many of them don't have our perspectives because, and that's, it's by design, right? Like who sets a meeting at Tuesday at 2 p.m.? You know who can make that. White people. 
<laughs> you know who can make that. You know who can make it. Let me stop playing with you. Hey, you know what? Black people can start making it. Exactly. That's my that's my goal is to make sure that we can start doing that kind of stuff. So that we know, again, so that we're actually, because I think the piece that I always like to mention as well, and I think I am like a, a prime example of this, right? Mm -hmm. For so long, success, we tie our success to how far we're able to get from where we're from. Fact. So how far you're able to get from Chicago, how far you're able to get from, let's say you're from like Tennessee or something. Yeah. We tie it to like, oh, you got out? That's amazing, rather than really saying like, okay, how can I make sure that I am staying in my community and I'm building it up in a way that, you you know, I can now be a, be the one reaping the benefits of the value going up, of the dynamic of the community changing. I'm the one that's investing there mm. rather than us saying, okay, I'm going to go all the way somewhere else, thousands of miles away, and then I'm going to invest there. And now those, like, it just doesn't make sense. Doesn't. We need to be actually in our communities and building that up within the process. And the only way that you're able to learn about that is going to your local meetings. Like the local meetings matter far more than you think they do. Um, and even if you don't consider yourself someone to per se be a real estate investor, to be a real estate developer, mm -hmm. you are, you still have a stake within that and you should still be going because what I like to, and this is everything that I teach on as well, small scale development, right? Mm -hmm. Like what can you do on a small level we don't have to go like flipping houses on every single one of the blocks, but choose a neighborhood, choose an area, and then go in there and say, okay, well, I'm gonna buy a house, I may add an ADU, and then there's an empty lot on the corner, you know what, I'm gonna buy that lot and I'm gonna do something with it. It might be like a multi-use building, who knows what it is, but actually choose an area and begin investing your dollars there. So you are gonna see far more of a, an impact far more of you know a return on investment when you do that when you do it that way that's so good so number one is look up zoning what's yes. number two so once you get the zoning you know what you can and what you can't do what's mm -hmm. number two um, you're going to need to get a survey, okay. what's called like a land survey. They're pretty much going to show you, okay, now that you know your particular, your zone for this area, your particular land, what can you do? What is it, I guess, mm, ready for in terms of water, in terms of the type of soil that you have, um, the pipes and lines and everything? Mm -hmm. Like where are you actually going to be able to place a structure if that is what you want to do? That's what the survey is going to tell you. Okay. So number two is going to be that survey. Once you look up your zoning, it's going to be the survey. And there's a cost for that survey. Too. Of course. Yeah. Of course. Of course, the city want their money. Everybody want their money. Everybody want <laughs> Everybody. All right, so uh, give me the, one more. What? So once you look at the zoning, mm -hmm. once you get your land survey and you can see it, okay, cool, you can get the electricity, mm -hmm. power, I mean, power and water there. What's what's number three? Mm -hmm. Permitting. You're going to have to start pulling some yeah, permits. And that, it's best to start that as early as you can. As early as you can. Yes. Man. So the land that I just purchased, um, I purchased the land from a guy he was, um, him and his wife mm -hmm. were going to build mm -hmm. on this particular plot of land. You bought it direct from seller? I bought it direct from no. seller. Okay. And the seller told me that it took him almost two years mm. to get the permits. Yep. PG County permits. Mm -hmm. And then because it's on water, yep. then we had to get Chesapeake, uh, Chesapeake um, uh, Bay Area permits as well. Mm -hmm. right? And so... Like he said, two years. Yeah. So the cost of the land went up mm -hmm. because of the permits. Yeah. And I didn't know that when you when you see land, mm -hmm. you're not just buying the land. You can't just start building tomorrow. Exactly. No. 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 You no. gotta get the you gotta get the land surveyed. Exactly. That's a cost. Mm -hmm. Then you gotta get permits. You might need to get it cleared. Yes. You have to get cleared, <laughs> right? And so th there's there's costs with permits. Mm -hmm. And 
But at the same time, though, while they are expensive, it's also worth it. Absolutely. Every single time. Every single time it's worth it. And How long did it take you for your permits? Like six to eight weeks. Six to eight weeks. And that was after I was actually, like, after I had gone through the back and forth of, okay, we submitted it wrong at first. or the, Because this is when, again, this is the middle of 2020. Mm -hmm. They were just starting to bring their permitting process online, mm -hmm. like, from actually being in in the in the office in the office of building and permitting so at this point it's like i had to go through so much back and forth because you got a specific naming convention for this file you got a particular you know way that you're supposed to submit this and then on top of that most of the people that are working as well they're just now starting to figure out how to work zoom so it was just it was a lot <laughs> it was a lot oh man that, that's that's just interesting. Mm -hmm. And so, y'all, we gave you three things. And and I think those are three important things. To they're the front. Process. Absolutely. Because you can't get a general contractor to come in if you don't have any permits. Mm -hmm. General contractor can come in and help you get the permits. Yep. Uh, but you got to get the zoning squared away. You need mm -hmm. to even know if you can do it. What you can, because typically they're not going to be the ones that's double checking for you. Exactly. They're just going to come in there and just build if they got the permits. But yep. they can't build without the permits. Exactly. But some of them are also willing to build without the permits, or they try to just to get your money for the homeowners that don't know. Like, I went through three sets. Of, with that small ADU, right. I went through three sets of contractors. Three sets? Three sets of contractors. Why three? The first set basically didn't know what the hell they were doing. <laughs> like, they said they knew. I had rendered work from them before because it was like a HVAC and plumbing company. And they're like, oh, like, you want to build an ADU? Like, yeah, we can do that. Like, we know how to do drywall. I got a team, all of that. And I'm like, okay, like, okay. I'm going to give you a shot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Got in there, they didn't know anything about what they were doing. You're able to see all of that terrible work on my YouTube channel because um, I recorded it and I actually had to go through and like get my money back and sue them. Um, so that was like a whole thing. Second set of contractors didn't work out because they came in and because of the position that they saw me in, um, were pretty much overcharging me. So when I finally brought someone there, because as like a young girl, young pretty girl, and it's like, oh, you're running this, yeah. I bring one of my homies there and I'm like, okay, like, I need you to just look. You're familiar with this more than I am. Come around, look. And the moment that I brought him around, it's like, now they tighten up. And now it's like, now they're offended. Like, oh, well, are you just like, check? But when he checked, he came and he checked. He's like, yeah, no, they're overcharging you. And they don't know what they're doing either. Mm -hmm. So finally landed on the contractor that finished everything. But again, there was so much work, so many things that went wrong, like lost money because of that. Thankfully, I was able to get a good chunk of it back. But to this day, like I was promised, you know, custom wood cabinets that I just went and got the ones from Home Depot. The ones that's in, <laughs> the ones in there now is from Home Depot. <laughs> so with you putting 36K in, it probably could have been cheaper if mm -hmm. you just would have had the right contract. If I had them, exactly, the first time. And I will, I do like to preface the fact that this 36K is, again, nearly three years ago. Like I started mm -hmm. this in 2020. I, I purchased the prefabricated shed in 2020. Right. Since then, a lot has changed in Absolutely. America. A lot, right. including prices and inflation and all of that. So um, I would say the average cost, honestly, there's no way to really give an average cost because it depends on so much, mm -hmm. like your particular area, um, how much the contractors, like the labor and materials are within your area. And then even furthermore, like how you're getting started, whether you're building from the ground up in the backyard, you're using a prefabricated shed, mm -hmm. you might be using like a kit that already comes ready and prepared. Yeah. Some people even convert like shipping containers. I, want, I actually wanted to do a shipping container initially. Um, but it wasn't. I'm saying different. they're making houses out of shipping containers mm -hmm. now. Yeah. 
And yes. I'm like, wait, what? And they're gorgeous. They look gorgeous. <laughs> they're gorgeous. They look, I'm like, wait, hold up. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just amazing of where we are in today's day and time. Mm-hmm. How a lot of people say, I can't make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. A lot of people saying it costs too much. And I'm like, hey, man, I think there's a lot of ways where you can make more money. Mm-hmm. But are you willing to put in the work? Yeah, And absolutely. you're willing to put in the work. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many people are willing to live in their backyard. Mm-hmm. By renting out their front, you know, their main home. It's, I don't know too many people. It's always been delayed gratification for me. Like, if if I need to put myself in somewhat of an uncomfortable situation right now in order to make it happen, then that's what I'll do. So even when we started, like, the build for the ADU, and at that point I had gone back to renting out the house. Like, mm-hmm. and at that time I was still renting it out as a full house. Mm-hmm. I was staying with my neighbor who... She is, bless her heart, like all of my neighbors are older, right? Bless her heart. She's like 50, maybe 58, 59 at the time. She had an extra bedroom and she charged me like $250 a month. Oh, run to play. And at that point, it's like, I'm renting this whole house out. I'm making thousands a month from that. We're finishing up the tiny house. That's about to run. I had another unit right around the corner as well. Like, it only, it made sense. And granted, no, like she she didn't have no Wi-Fi, but... I'm willing, every now and again, man reaching over, like, (laughs) right next to it. Right, right. But it it made sense. And again, like, that is what, that's how I was able to save the money that I needed in order to really push it into the tiny house, push it into the short-term rental portfolio I had. Like, it just made sense. So I'm I'm a huge advocate for delayed gratification because it's going to come. Like, I mentioned to you earlier today, like, the money going to come. Money going to come. You got to make the right decision. When you you operating in the line. Like, okay. it's just a matter of time. No, no, you're, you're right. You're speaking right. I am, um, we, we break land and build my house here next month. Mm-hmm. I mean, my goal is to celebrate my 40th birthday there. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to rent out uh, my current house. Okay. And what I'm going to do, probably rent out like in November, December. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to move out. Okay. And I told my dad, I was like, Dad, I'm just going to move me and my dog, Raven, into a, uh, not even a suite. We're going to do like a little loft. Okay. Just an open, mm-hmm. one bedroom, if I could find me some 800 square foot. Yes. For six months. And just, just spend, well, I'm in D.C. area, so mm-hmm. it's expensive. But it is, but. But my thing is, like, if I can go from what my mortgage payment is now to at least half. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? That's money I can set aside for furniture, for all that kind of 100%. stuff. 100%. And I'm like. My dad was like, but why would you do that, son? You don't need to. You you good. I'm like, well, no, I I, I do need to. Yeah. <laughs> Just because I have it, mm-hmm. if I can pivot and delay certain gratification. Yes. So when I get into my home, you know what I'm saying? I didn't have to pivot. Mm-hmm. It's just me and my dog. I'm on the road a lot. I have an office uh, mm-hmm. for, for our team. By that time, we will have our, our studio up and up running. Uh-huh. I may even sleep in the office. I don't yeah. know. I don't look, know. look, but but those are options that you created for yourself, exactly. right? And like you said, just because you can doesn't necessarily mean that in this season you should. Right. Like, 100. So how are you holding yourself down with uh, the laws changing in Atlanta mm-hmm. around the Airbnb space? Like, mm-hmm. what... What are you doing to still profit mm-hmm. and to do well? So, number one, I don't operate on Airbnb at all. Okay. All of my bookings that I have, again, because I transitioned from short-term rentals to mid- and long-term rentals, okay. all of those are direct. So, I'm pretty much, like, communicating directly with the Morehouse Medical students, with okay. their, their student population. But in terms of the actual laws, right now, Atlanta has, number one, still been getting it fully in place. Mm-hmm. They have the license, right? And basically, with the short-term rental license, there are a number of 
of check marks that you have to do, meaning letting your neighbors know you have to post the rules inside of the unit. And then on top of that, you actually have to have like the like the deed to the home. If it is a home, you have to have the deed to the home. Now, how some people are getting around that or just how I look at it, it's not necessarily a play of like, okay, well, I totally can't do short term rentals anymore. I will pretty much have to do it how I have been doing it, which is, again, you have to be totally upfront and letting homeowners know, like, hey, this is what I want to do. And now at this point, y'all are basically becoming business partners. And that's how it's framed, right? Because you would then, they would be the homeowner and you would now be slated as the registered agent mm-hmm. on that particular listing um, once you get that short-term rental license. Okay. But you just have to work more closely with the homeowners and your neighbors at this point. Um, and I think for the most part, what this has been able to do is cut down on the people who, which there were a ton of people during the pandemic, just coming to, to Atlanta, getting an apartment, and like, boom, I'm about to make so much money on Airbnb. And it goes back to the the thought process that I mentioned to you before of like, so many folks that, number one, aren't even necessarily legacy residents. That's particularly the term, right? Gotcha. The gotcha. people that aren't, aren't legacy residents, we're coming in and we're taking housing from those people that could really use it, right? right. People that might work for the city, people that are single parents, that their kids need to be in this particular school system because we hear so much about kids bouncing from this school system to this school system. That's typically because housing, right? All of that is intertwined. Mm. So I think that this was a really good play. Number one, to help, like, it depends on what side of the fence you on, but in terms of helping, like, actual legacy residents, people that have been there, people that live in Atlanta and need to live and work in the same neighborhood, Mm -hmm. it absolutely helps them. You might have to jump through a few more hoops as a business owner, but to me, it's fine. Right. Yeah. Yo, you're running a play, and we got it. But but we coming to this time. Mm-hmm. Um, what does it look like consulting with you? Like, if mm-hmm. someone is saying, "Hey, I want to learn more about this. I'm in Atlanta. I'm in Chicago. I'm in this mm-hmm. city, but I want to learn the basics mm-hmm. of how to put how to do a tiny home. Mm-hmm. Maybe they want to build a tiny home, and and that's their home home. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? What one? What do you provide? to help Mm -hmm. them with the process and how Mm -hmm. does the process normally last and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So number one, um, if you are interested, I would just say go to my YouTube and watch the docuseries first because my docuseries will show you what a a process looks like, a a typical standard process, of course, with a couple hiccups, but what that looks like. And then that'll allow you to have a couple of more questions as well. Um, Once you do that, you're able to then sign up for like a consultation. At that point, once you sign up, there's an intake form where I'm asking all of the questions regarding your land, what you're wanting to do with it, how large is it? All of that information is then going to help me for when we get on our initial call. And you're basically asking me the questions that like, what steps do you need to take? Which basically y'all got the first three here. (laughs) But what steps do you need to take after that to actually make this happen? A lot of people like to ask um, about budgeting, um, contractors and all of that. That could be a a play as well. Like that could be a piece that I provide too, but it would really depend on how that first consultation goes. So there are people that they just set up one consultation and they have questions and they feel like, okay, I just needed a a little clarity on where do I go next? Where there are other people that, you know, they want a little more handholding and they want to set up a series of consultations or they're even doing, um, or what I'm doing now is basically like a monthly subscription where you're able to subscribe for about $99 per month. And then at that point, you're able to tap into me during a particular set of office hours. We'll also do workshops where um, you're able to learn how to really move this process forward. Mm-hmm. And I'm basically like your your ADU guide or your ADU advisor. So those are like, 
I guess, like, the, the fashions in which we can work together, and it really all depends on how much hand-holding you need. Because mm. um, some people come, and it's like, there are realtors that come. There are people that are already in real estate development that have just not done it this way. They might need a little less hand-holding than, let's say, somebody who is a homeowner and this is their first project ever, um, which I will say some people tend to underestimate it as well in terms of just because it's a tiny house. It has everything else that a house would. Yeah. You still have to dig for electric, dig for the water. Like, you have to do all of the same things that you would do for whatever size home it would be. So don't underestimate the process is what I would say as well. Man, that's so cool. 27, young, single, mm -hmm. working, yes. building, mm -hmm. grinding, living yeah. in ATL. Mm -hmm. I'm so sorry. <laughs> what? Uh, what? That, that, <laughs> oh, my God. I, I think something, something must have happened in ATL. Something must have happened. I'm so sorry, ATL. Something must have happened. ATL had to have burned you. Nah, man. You know what I'm saying? Nah, nah. Mm, nah mm. You know, ATL, boy, Jesus. Lord Jesus. It's an it's a thriving place. And at it, this it, point, it, it, at, at this point with where we are, um, I think that there's a lot of opportunity in Atlanta. Not just even in terms of real estate, business, tech, mm. Entertainment, Preach. media, let's not play. Preach. Man, you, you moving here. Shut up, man. <laughs> uh, I'm just saying, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I mean, if since it's so good, then why are you still single? Uh -oh. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> well, um, newly single. Uh, oh. Newly single. Newly single. Newly single. What about like a year newly? Like a couple months. I've been single a couple couple months at this point now. Yeah. My point is acting. Sorry, ATL. <laughs> I mean, look, no, it's I, I don't I don't give it to ATL. I give it to you know. This, I know you talk a lot about this as well. So now I'm talking to the black man. Oh, Lord. heal. Go to therapy. You saying black men need to heal? I agree. <laughs> Thank you. I agree. Heal. I Han agree. Handle handle what's what's inside of you. Like because again, even if you feel like you didn't grow up in some particular environment or something that was troubled, mm -hmm. we all have things that we need to work through, things that we need to overcome, just things that are ingrained mm -hmm. within us. Mm -hmm. And more than anything, it shows you how to communicate. So I would say heal. That is, if you ask me why I'm single, it's because people ain't doing their healing and they ain't got the self-awareness that's needed. Well, you know what? I'm not, I'm not even gonna, I'm not even gonna play with that. I'm not, because you didn't, you didn't blame a black man. I think that a lot of us black men need to heal from mm -hmm. things that we don't even know. You don't. We need to heal from. It's generational. Yeah, like, yeah. It, it's things that I see even, like, within, especially when you start to look at, like, the dynamic of your relationship that you might have with your mother or father and then yeah. how that plays out within the relationships and the people that you're choosing to. Yeah. Like, it's super important to just understand those pieces and be aware of it. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of us just aren't aware of it. We go for the same or, you know, the first pretty face or the person that you think, or sometimes at least it's like, we think we going after our equal or some people think that they're going after their equal when really it's like, no, you're going after somebody who you maybe wish you could be like, that you wish like, you know, you had that work ethic and you, ha and you think in your mind you might've convinced yourself, Jeez. but once you get with them, it becomes a little intimidating. It like a little fires under there, and you're like, okay, nah, like you on a whole different level than what I thought you was. Oh, so you saying you you intimidate some men? Necessarily. Okay. <laughs> oh, no, I'm not at no. Like I I think some men are intimidated by me, but do I intimidate them? That's a completely different story. No, I don't. Mm. But some are intimidated. Okay. All right. Well, guys, she says she's single. I mean, her information will be in the show notes. <laughs> take take it how you will. 
Take it how you will. <laughs> no, 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 I love it. I love it. I love it. I mean, you're young and you're winning. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I think, I think clearly, I think your success and any any true lady, like, I always mess with um, Michelle, who just joined our team. You know, mm -hmm. ladies like you all, y'all are right around the same age. Mm -hmm. It's like you all will intimidate some guys, but I think that's good mm -hmm. because it keeps the wrong guys away. I agree. And and it should, I'm not saying it'll keep all the wrong guys away, mm -hmm. but I think it keeps a lot of the wrong guys away because they see like, dang, so she, she, she ain't no baby mama. And we're not knocking baby mamas because I like baby mamas. He does. Um, you know, but but at the same time, it's like you don't fit a certain, uh, I can't say that. Archetype. Yeah. No, I'm like this. No, I don't want to say that because I don't want to offend no one who has a child because mm -hmm. children are beautiful. Yes. Um, but I just think that some, some ladies, the way you all carry yourself, it's going to eliminate some guys who think you're just a good time. Mm -hmm. But it will attract. Guys who are up for like a challenge. Yes, and I think that that could be a good thing too. It can be good and it can be bad. It could be, you yeah, know what I'm saying. Exactly. But I think nothing's going to be perfect in today's day and time. None of but it. There's nothing you could do. None you of know, it. You know, it's like, it's like, oh, but that can. No, I just think you keep doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm. He who finds a wife finds a great thing. Absolutely. So it's like you keep grinding, Michelle. Mm -hmm. You keep grinding. Cause I've been hearing her all show. Mm. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? And as you're grinding, somebody will be on that same exactly. trajectory. Same trajectory. And hopefully you'll find a guy that's just a little bit higher than you. Yeah. I mean, I know some ladies. That's the, that's the real goal. Yeah, that, that should be the goal. Mm -hmm. Some ladies get offended when I say that. Mm -hmm. I'm like, but if the man is ahead of the home, not saying he's ahead of you when he's mm -hmm. bossing around, but if he's ahead of the home, he should be a little bit A little ahead. further so just he can lead. Ahead. That's exactly. how you lead when you're further ahead. Said, she said it, not me. So... <laughs> We're going to end the show right there, y'all. Thank y'all so much for rocking with us. Um, we're going to put all of her information in today's show notes. Get her. Don't ask her for no freebies. Um, use her time because this woman can put some information in your head that's different. This is our first time ever talking about tiny homes and uh, the process of it and how to make money from it. So uh, definitely get with her. I promise you, you'll be blessed. See you on the next show. Peace out. Thank you.